Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. So we're going to go to Psalm 139 today for those that have their Bibles with them. So this weekend we had the privilege, um, the Laymans and uh, Miss Greta and the uh, Sloan family and the Prossers to go to Dayton, Ohio. So our kids are all in a Christian school together and they um, went to compete at Fun Arts. And so they got to show their gifts off and... um, they were in dance and choir and bucket band. They could beat some buckets. And um, human video. And it was awesome seeing our kiddos all love and serve Jesus together. And um, Zach and I and Grace and Joe all were evaluators. Um, I'm, my brain still might not be working, or you can call it pregnancy brain, whichever you'd like. And so we're evaluators, so we're stuck in these rooms for like four or five hours, and like every six minutes, someone else performs. And so, and it was precious seeing all these kids, you know, from kindergarten through whatever grade, sixth grade perform. And so here comes this little girl, and she must have been 10 or 11 years old. She was scared out of her mind. And I don't even know what the thing was that she did, because I don't know what all the titles are. And, um... Here she is, she quotes the entire Psalm 139. And as she was quoting it, the entire room went silent. And she carried, the anointing on that little girl's life carried over the whole room. Probably about 100 people in the room. That's a lot for a 10, 11-year-old. And she preached that message just by quoting Scripture. So this morning when Pastor woke up and said, this isn't happening today, I was so thankful for being in that place yesterday because that 10 or 11-year-old little girl ministered to me and reminded me once again who he is. So we're just going to have a little bit of fun this morning with Psalm 139. Remind us of who our Savior is and how intimate our relationship is. Starting in verse 1, it says, Oh, Lord, you've searched me and you've known me. Lord, you've searched and known me. And I just want us to think about that today. We're talking about the God of the heavens and the earth. The God before time began has searched you. He knows you. He's not turned away by you. He's not disdained by you. He knows every single crevice of our beings. He knows from the moment of conception every sweet and little detail of who we were, who we are, and who we will be. He knows you. You're not just another person sitting on a pew. You're not someone forgotten. 
the God of the universe, is intimate with us. Verse 2 says, you know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down. You're acquainted with all my ways. And I love this. See, so many times we forget that God already knew that thing was going to happen. He goes before us. Another psalm says that he goes before us and prepares the way that we should walk in it. And Psalm 139 here tells us he knows the path of our life. He knows the crooks and crannies and the hills and the mountains and the valleys. And he knows when we sit. And he knows when we're going to get up even before we have the thought that we're going to get up. When we're going to move and when we're not going to move. When we're going to be that depressed girl laying in bed. Or when we're going to be that guy that just is going to work himself to death to forget about it. He already knows all of that stuff. And it goes on and says he knows our thoughts even before we think them. That's a lot of conviction. Because some of us might have learned to tame our tongues a little bit. But the thoughts still go, right? And, we're th and we think, oh, I'm so good. At least I didn't say that. <laughs> But he even understands the thoughts and intents of our heart and brings conviction on those. Come on. Because even though we don't say them, we still got to repent for it, okay? That's just a little side note for you and I. Not good, Larry. But what I love about this is that he knows all of that. And he still chose us. And we, you and I can find comfort. You know, I look back after being born again for 20 years, and I think of, wow, how far God's taken me. And I'm not, look, when I talk about all the dealing and all the drugs and stuff, that's just so people know none of us are perfect, and God can take any loser <laughs> and redeem us. Got it? But that's just surface stuff. Look, some people's sin is more manicured than mine was but a whole lot more difficult to get set free from. You got it? Mine just looked ugly on the outside. Got it? But when I look back over the course of 20 years, the hurt and pain within that caused that outward sin, that was difficult. And so the attitude, the anger, the, the words that I spoke, just to keep people away from me, I didn't want you to get too close because I might hurt you. Look, I was an ugly person from within. And I feel bad for those people that had to put up with me. But I find comfort in this verse, knowing that God knew all of it. He knew all of it. And he still chose me. And you might be looking and saying, well, good for you, but I'm not that bad. Let me just remind you, my precious husband who got born again at three, baptized in the Holy Ghost at five, and preached his first message at 14, and has been preaching ever since, his sin still needed the same blood of Christ that mine did. 
So there's not one, right? Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. There's not one of us in the room that's greater than the other. We're all fallen men in need of a Savior. And what I'm hoping that I'm getting across to each of us is that God is a God that nothing in us surprises him. He has no expectations pre-Christ of you, for, of you and I and who we should be and what we should be doing. He knows we're going to mess it up. He understands the issues within And so the sooner that you and I can understand that and find freedom in it, it's not a place for me to say, oh, well, I just get to think horrible thoughts and because he still loves me, grace. No. It's a place where we find and says that grace changes me, that because he knows this, because his love accepts me for who I am, Because it allows me to be me and not be ashamed of who I am. I am now liberated in him to be restored fully. To to no longer hide in shame, but be exposed completely and bare to the light of the gospel. Completely bare to the light of the gospel. And in those places, he changes us. Let's keep going. Verse 4. Uh-oh, there's our tongue. For there's not a word on my tongue, but behold, O Lord, you know it all together. You've hedged me behind and before and laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. And I want to encourage us to remember this, that he hedges us in the front. We can't get ahead of God because he hedges us in. He's before us preparing our way that we should walk in it. And you and I can find comfort that whatever today holds, whatever tomorrow holds, he has hedged us in. It is not your personal finances. It is not your husband or your wife or your kids or your boss. It is God himself who comes in before you and hedges you in. And then I love it because he takes his hands and lays it on your backside. And he lays it on your backside, so what we call in Louisiana is you can't crawfish backwards. And I don't want to go forward. I'm too scared of that. Because we've got a loving father who's got his hand right there in full support. Saying, sweetheart, I've brought you this far. And you're going to make it another day. I've brought you this far, and I've prepared you. I've anointed you. You can do it. It's not by power nor by might, but by his spirit anyway. So I'm going to gird myself up with the gospel of truth. I'm going to rest that his hand is upon me. And I'm going to take a step forward in the Holy Ghost because he's got me. But you know how good he is? He doesn't even stop there. He makes it known to you and I that nothing is going to come against us, right? Because he lays his hand upon us. You ever know, notice like you're going out with the kids and 
they're doing their little thing, and the quickest thing to do is you just put your hand on their head, that they know you're there, that you are mama bear, you in control, but that they're safe, right? And that's Daddy God just coming once again to fully assure us that his hand is upon us. No evil is going to come against you and I and prosper. We're going to have trials in this world, but no evil is going to come against us and prosper. The hand of God is upon you. The hand of God is upon you. And some of you are in the midst of the biggest trials of your life, huge trials of the season. Don't be dismayed, he says. Look up to where your help comes from. He has prepared the way. He knew the day was coming. He has positioned you in the kingdom of God for such a time as this. In your weakness, he is made strong in you. His grace is sufficient. He has not left you. He has not forsaken you. He is right there beside you. He is before you, hedging you in. He's got his hand behind you. He's not letting you go and slip down the mountain and the slippery slope. He's got you secure and his hand is upon you continue to trust in him and you'll see yourself prosper he's not saying it's going to be easy every step of the way but he is saying he is right there beside you he is carrying you when you need it he is pushing you forward with that hand when you need it and every once in a while he's just doing that little head rub it's all right baby boy it's all right baby girl Daddy's got you. Where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I send to heaven, you're there. When I get in the holy of holies, the most purest place I've ever been, you're there. Staring at me all in my face. If I take the wings of morning and dwell in the uttermost parts of the sea, even there your hand shall lead me. Your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall on me, even the night shall be light about me. Indeed, the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day. The darkness and the light are both alike to you. No matter where we are in life, whether we're our spiritual high or spiritual low, it says, I can't run from your presence. He's there. You know, as that precious 10-year-old girl was speaking, I, and I thank God for these memories, the flashback coming in one night of laying in my bed as I guess I was 19, 20 years old and horrible life choices. Everything's in despair. And I'm bawling my eyes out. And I can hear my dad's voice saying, reminding me just that week, you just need to find God again, Heather. You just need to find God again. And I can remember seeing, God, where are you? And this scripture brings me total comfort. Because where can I go from your spirit? Where can I go from your presence? And looking back some 20-odd years later, he was right there with me. 
It was his spirit bringing to remembrance what my dad said, reminding me of all those years growing up in church, going to Bible study, memorizing scripture, memorizing prayers, praying as a family, having church in our home as a family. All of those memories coming back was the very presence of God reminding me of who I am in him. It was a process. No matter where you are in life, his presence is there. His presence is there. You know, I'm reminded, even as I'm sharing now, there was a day I was in the jail. And um, no, I've not been incarcerated, although I know many who have. And they're all my BFFs. So what? And um, so I'm in jail preaching. I think I was there like nine years um, every weekend or every other weekend, um, depending on the season. And I'm, there I am. We're in the middle of worship. I had a whole message prepared, right? Well, at some point, I stopped preparing messages for the jail because the Holy Ghost would just change them anyway when I got there. But I had this whole message prepared. And we're in the middle of worship. And the Lord tells me um, someone's going to commit suicide as soon as they leave here. They've got the plan. And I'm like, well, that's horrible, but I can't say that because that's not really encouraging, right? And what do we know about scripture and prophecy? Is prophecy, words of prophecy are to edify and exhort. So I'm like, so what are you telling me this for, Jesus? You're going to have to give me a little bit more. And so then he just begins to speak to me about specific nights in their life and how he was there. And it just began to show me, and it was very detailed things, age, what they were wearing, the room, where they were hiding, the things that were happening, and what, what they were thinking. And very, very intimate. I'm like, God, you got to give me some more, because I don't know if this is making me depressed or happy that you're sharing me this. And, um, and he keeps showing me, and, and then he begins to tell me about setting them free, and that he's never left them, and what he wants to do for them. And just begin to spell some things out for their future. And so as I began to share this word, um, two women came forward. And, what, and they were able to get set free that day. Thank you, Jesus. He's alive. And um, one, very, one in particular had the exact same, exact plan the Lord had showed me for how she was going to go back to her cell and commit suicide. And um, she was completely repentive, completely set free. It was the most beautiful thing. But what the Lord showed me that day and what he reminded me of today is that he was there with them when they were children and these things happened in their lives around them that caused the hurt and the pain to make the life choices that they made to get them where they were. He was in the room with her when she chose to make the plan to commit suicide. And he was in the room the moment she got set free. He knows every single moment of our lives. And it doesn't matter how high or how low, he is with us. But because he was with her as a child, he could bring complete restoration as an adult. Right? It's not some far-fetched counselor on the other side of the world that has absolutely no clue what it's like to be a scared little girl in that position. But Jesus himself is with us in the darkest moments and in the best moments of life. And that in itself proves comfort to the believer because we truly have never been alone. 
we have truly never been forsaken. Whether life has happened to us or we've caused the bad to happen around us, he was right there with us. He still chose us. And it's because of all of that that he can fully redeem us. Amen? Verse 13 says, For you formed my inward parts. You covered me in my mother's wombs. I will praise you, for I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Marvelous are your works, and that my soul knows very well. My frame was not hidden from you when I was made in secret and skillfully wrought in the lowest parts of the earth. Your eyes saw my substance being yet unformed, and in your book they were all written, the days fashioned for me when as yet there were none of them. Amazing God. That even before little sweet Levi was born, even before he was a substance, God knew him and his days. They were all ordered. And so it is with all of us. And where do we find comfort in this? Look, have you ever looked in the mirror, whether you were a teenager or an adult, and thought, why am I like this? What is wrong with me? Why can't I just be like everybody else? Whether it's taller or shorter or darker or lighter or bigger nose or little nose or softer or louder or a little bit more proper or a little bit more undignified. I think we've all thought those thoughts. You know, I used to laugh and say that the day God created me, he was really in a good mood because he just had fun. <laughs> but it took a long time for me to get okay with that. And the reality of it is, is that that's how it is for all of us. And kiddos, y'all are some of the most amazing kids I've ever met in my life. But get this in your belly. He knew you before you were ever a substance. And he chose all those things about you, the weird things, the different things, the amazing things, the gifts. He put that in us so that we would be a diverse people all for his glory. And the sooner we realize that he's created us in this unique way, the sooner we're free to live for him. That look, I get that, I, I get that I'm weird and that I'm your pastor and I am so sorry. <laughs> but for some reason, God thought it was good. In his sight, it was good. But the awesome thing about it is that it allows you to be liberated. The more content that I am in who Christ has made me to be, the more that I allow all parts of me to be exposed to the gospel and, and transformed and sanctified for him, the easier it is for all of you. So I'll be more undignified. I'll lay naked and bare before him and allow him to search me and mold me and expose all the weirdness in me if it allows you to be exactly who he's created you to be because it's beautiful. No one else can be you. No one else can. And we look at other scripture in the New Testament and realize that the body of Christ is 
is not one person. It's not just one part, but it's many parts being jointly knit together for his glory. And so God help us if we're all a bunch of bun wearing, stick in the mud, old school, like old school 1800s. Nobody get upset with me. Completely proper. I'm going to play the organ and sing, right? And God help us if they're all like me. We need all of you. God chose all of us for his kingdom to be jointly fit together to display his glory. Amen? A beautiful sight. Thank God we're so different. I'm going to stay on it for just a second because someone needs to hear it. You're different for a reason. We're all made in his image. That's the multifaceted facetness, if that's not even a word, of God. If you look at a diamond and think of all the facets and all the dimensions within it, how much greater and more dimensional is our creator? If each person that has ever lived and will ever live shows a piece of his character, a piece of his beauty, how diverse is he? That's how diverse the body of Christ is supposed to be. And the, the, the more that we accept it and grasp it and walk in it, the more his glory can be displayed in the earth. And you know what the scripture says? That as far as the waters cover the sea, so shall his glory cover the face of the earth. But we've got to walk in it. Okay, let's keep going. In verse 23, it says, search me, O God. And in my scripture, it says, dig around and look for sin. One of the commentaries that I read once said that this is just like when you're getting frisked. Have you ever seen, have y'all ever watched that airport show where like the borders, where the police are like searching the borders and like they search every single thing in your luggage and they'll even like scan your empty luggage and then take your luggage apart if they feel necessary. And then they'll do, they'll do like full pat down searches. And then sometimes they bring you and do cavity searches and stuff. That's like what this scripture is talking about. Like search me. Like, 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 dig around in my ears, like, full search, Lord. But to the inward most parts, right? Full on search me, God. Dig around and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties and see if there's any wicked way in me. And lead me in the way everlasting. And so what this, what this psalm for me is about is, do I trust him with who I am? And am I allowing him to sanctify me? Because if I believe this scripture and that he already knows it, that I'm not going to try to guard myself from him, but I'm going to be fully exposed, bringing all of it to the table, and allowing him to bring sanctification. So there's a really cool Bible called the Revival Bible. And Pastor Grace, y'all can go ahead and come on up. Tony, you don't have this, but we will go to the message in a second. And so the Revival Bible has these really, all this really cool stuff. And so here, this is what it says about Psalm 139. 
it says that there's different, um, it describes different kind of searches. And so some of us are at different places in allowing God to search us. And the first search is called the surface search. And we presume that we can keep God from going any farther than the surface of our hearts. We're blind to our truly sinful nature. You know, I really am not that bad. I knew I shouldn't have done it, but like it made sense. And so like it's okay. Like no big deal. We vainly present to God our own outward credentials. Well, you know, I serve the poor. And remember when I opened the door for that person at the store that day? The surface search is worthless because we know how to put on our religious makeup. While we shroud ourselves with creature comforts, God is grieving over the condition of our hearts. Then there's the spot search. And the spot search is a little bit more intense, but it simply means that we've decided to allow God to inspect certain areas of our hearts, but he can't have all of it. No, no. Those who only submit to spot searching are those who fidget and squirm in his very presence and eventually walk away when the Lord exposes the area of our greatest struggles. Do we remember the rich young ruler? He was all good until the Lord shined the light on his money. A spot search allows God to shine his light on our foul mouth when all the while it's our anger that's the root problem. He's more concerned about the source of these words than the words themselves. And then the third kind of search it speaks about is the seller search. This is the search of which David is talking about. This is the only search that can prepare the way for a total cleansing and eternal fruit. Jesus wants to go into the basement of our lives. He wants to access to the creaky, musty corners of our inner man. He wants to expose those things that have been hidden in darkness. Let him discard those things that attract deadly bugs, spiders, and snakes. He knows what he's looking for. Yes, revival is all about the searchlight of God shining into the hidden recesses of our heart. Isn't that amazing? Why don't you stand with me? Tony, can we take a look at Psalm 139 in the message? If you've got it ready. It says, God, investigate my life. Get all the facts firsthand. I'm an open book to you, even from a distance. You know what I'm thinking. You know when I leave and when I get back. I'm never out of your sight. You know everything I'm going to say before I start the first sentence. I look behind me and you're there. Then up ahead, oh, you're there too. Your reassuring presence coming and going. Whoo, this is too much. It's too wonderful. I can't take it all in. Is there any place I can go to avoid your spirit, to be out of your sight? If I climb to the sky, you're there. If I go underground, you're there. If I flew on morning wings to the far western horizon, you'd find me in a minute. You're already there waiting. Then I said to myself, oh, he even sees me in the dark. At night, I'm immersed in the light. It's a fact. Darkness isn't dark to you. Night and day, darkness and light, they're all the same to you. Oh, yes, 
You shaped me first inside and then out. You formed me in my mother's womb. I thank you, high God. You're breathtaking. Body and soul, I am marvelously made. I worship in adoration. What a creation. You know me inside and out. You know every bone in my body. You know exactly how I was made bit by bit, how I was sculpted from nothing into something. Like an open book, you watched me grow from conception to birth. All the stages of my life were spread out before you. The days of my life all prepared before I'd even lived one day. Your thoughts, how rare, how beautiful. God, I'll never comprehend them. I couldn't even begin to count them any more than I could count the sand of the sea. Oh, let me rise in the morning and live always with you. And please, God, do away with wickedness for good. And you murderers, get out of here. All the men and women who belittle you, God, infatuated with cheap God, <laughs> imitations. See how I hate those who hate you, God. See how I loathe all this godless arrogance. I hate it with pure, unadulterated hatred. Your enemies are my enemies. And here we go. Investigate my life, oh God. Find out everything about me. Cross-examine and test me. Get a clear picture of what I'm about. See for yourself whether I've done anything wrong and then guide me on the road to eternal life. What a picture we have. What a security that you and I have in Jesus. That he knows every intricate detail about every area of who we are. And he still chooses us and leads us into the way of everlasting life. With every head bowed, as the Holy Spirit fills every seat, walks through every aisle, I believe God has been pinpointing areas of lives And if you say, you know what? I want to know this, God. I want to I hand over my life. And I want him to search me. I want him to know me. I want him to lead me in his ways. If that's you, every head's bowed and eyes closed. Just lift your hand. Say, God, that's me. God, that's me. I want to know you. Bless you. Bless you. Is there anyone else today? It says, that's me. I, I want to know you. I want to know you. And there's another group of people here today that as you're sitting here in service, you're saying, God, God, I want more. 
I want more. I've walked with you. I've talked with you. But I want more. I want the fullness of what this means. I want the fullness of this means. I don't want just a spot search or a surface search. But God, I want to be fully exposed and say, search me. Come investigate me. And if that's you, I want to pray with you this morning. I'm believing. (laughs) I believe this morning that there are people here that God's been dealing with their foul mouths, but he's going to get to the root today. That God, you've allowed God to deal with surface issues. But today, today you are allowing him to deal with the root issues. And so if you fall in either one of those categories, I don't want you to hesitate. Come forward. Let us pray with you. Whether you just raised your hand or you say, hey, I'm ready to deal with those root issues. I'm ready to let the Lord investigate me. I'm ready to trust him to investigate every area because I know he's calling me to more. He's calling me to more. You know, whether I was born again for six months, six years, or 20 years, This is the prayer of my heart. Investigate me. Come and search me and know my inwardmost being. And Lord, if there's any, any displeasing way within me, expose it to me, reveal it to me, and sanctify it, and sanctify it, and sanctify it. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so wonderful.